Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It is a wonderful honor to have you guys over here with Siata Deshmaya. We will be able to answer your questions or to create an awareness. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And again, we're looking forward to taking your questions in the mental health field. As usual, we know the two topics. It should be family-appropriate because we've got children age 7 and up listening. And the second part is that we don't address parenting questions under the age of 8 because most of the time it's awareness-based or, as I say, it's information-based, skills-based. Okay. So the number to call in again is 718-683-5858, so we are going to our first caller, Mrs. You're on the air with Mordechai on radio and Arv Nissen on Radio Kolberama. I'm sorry, I was going to say on jrootradio.com. Hello? Yes, hi. Hi. Okay, so actually my question is parenting-based, and so what I'm asking is um, I just took your parenting course, and I was actually waiting for my question to be addressed, which was, at the end of lesson six, and I'm wondering, like, if I'm missing out and, like, maybe calling the wrong number, or you said that you would be, like, saying the rest of the questions on Friday, maybe? Do you have a question here for the radio? I have no other way to find out, because I wasn't getting responses. Okay. Um, yes, Mr. Shem, it will be addressed. All right. We are looking forward to taking your question or your comments, 718-683-5858, And looking forward to taking your question or your comment. Um, we're going to Ms. W. Ms. W, on the air. Hi, on Radio Kolberama. Hello. Yes, Hello. Hi. Okay, so I've been listening to your shows for quite a while, and I really enjoy them. And I had a question for you. Um, you mentioned a lot about sometimes when there's a relationship, uh, unhealthy or whatever relationship, about the healthy party going to seek help of the other. Yes, yes, definitely right. a big part that we're focused on. Right. So sometimes I'm just wondering, because when you have a relationship of, uh, when you have a, a I don't know if you want to call them a patient, but when you have someone who's generally not um, necessarily with with having a personality disorder or a mental issue in terms of, you know, fluctuating uh, days and emotions, and one day is your best friend, and one day is your worst friend, so they're going to feel in terms that they're, they, they don't feel that there's something wrong with them, right? They feel empowered. So my question kind of is, I don't know how to phrase it, but how do you know in, in terms of when you're in a relationship that, you know, the other person keeps on telling you and asking you that you're, you know, you're the ill one, but how do you know that, like, kind of, how do you know you're the right one and just, like... Let's, let's guess, take a step back because I feel we're, we're mixing ten things at once. Let's start number one. Number one is as follows. When someone has got an issue and they don't want to go for help, right? So we said the healthy person should go for therapy. First, let's recognize why. Why would we want the healthier person going for therapy? Before we go into what happens, why? Quite sure. Think, of, think about it. 
What would gain kind with of a healthy feel, person kind of goes to therapy? The, we discuss this a lot. So I want you to start thinking. Instead of, I don't enjoy like lecturing. I enjoy when people get the information. You're trying to say that they should have the tools in which to. Why? What will gain? So they get tools. Let's take an example. Let's take an example. There is a kid that is crying. All right. So what's the point in getting the parents to know how to deal with it? Why don't you just deal with a kid that the kid should stop crying? Well, when the parent is empowered in knowing what to do, then they're just kind of addressing it right away, the issue in the beginning. And we're not letting it escalate into a full fledged tantrum kind of idea. All right. Partial, let's try this again. Let's see if I'll give you the answer how we're going to use it. All right? Mm-hmm. So let's try it again. When people don't want to get better, let me take a step back. Every relationship is a dance. Think of a dance. Have you ever heard like a music playing the horror, you know, the horror song at a wedding? Mm-hmm. What happens if someone's trying to dance the waltz to a horror dance? What's going to happen? They're kind of getting all mixed up. That's right. And what will happen to everyone in that dance? I'm kind of losing momentum and getting confused. That's right. Everyone's going to be bumping into each other. So now, in order for an unhealthy situation to continue, you need everyone dancing the same dance, and that's usually why in families, unfortunately, it's so hard to break out of patterns because everyone's used to the dance. So everyone's complaining, I hate this dance, but someone, the musician is still playing the same beat over and over, and this is going on over and over and over. And you know what happens? It's not changing because everyone is still dancing the same dance. So now, there are two ways of changing it. Either you get the musician to change, which is the unhealthy person, and they're not changing, or you get one person to change their dance, not the song. The song is still playing horror, but now the other one is dancing the, the waltz. Now, what happens to everyone, not just to one person? Now, everyone's even more confused. That's right. And what also happens is everyone, are they going to blame the person dancing, the person, the musician, or are they going to blame the person that is actually singing a different dance? But blame is not helping a person Let's change. not go into, hold, hold, you're trying to get logical. Don't go logical. Let's first recognize. Cause right, everyone's going to realize exactly what the real what issue is. Wait, that's right. So what's the real issue? A person that's, whatever, I'm saying the the one that's dancing wrong. That's right. That's right. So let's, no, it's not, no, the, what's the real issue? The real issue is that there's someone doing the wrong. That's right. Someone's doing the, playing the wrong song. The entire family's complaining about it, but no one's doing anything about it. Right. So that is why we tell the healthy person to go for therapy. What changes when the healthy person goes to therapy is very simple. What changes is that now one person stops doing the dance. Unfortunately, that has been in therapy, anyone that has been in that process knows that in themselves and when they're changing, unfortunately, the healthy parents, the healthy people will start being upset at that person that's acting healthy. Because there's one thing to say you want to change, and there's another thing to change. And when someone changes, now it gets uncomfortable. And most people are afraid to go through the pain of the uncomfortability stage. Right. But in the long run, it's not really helping the unhealthy uh, uh, patient because 
what's happening is maybe in terms of with this in this particular one relationship, um, you know, the health one person, you know, we're not it's not being destructive, but along a long run, there's so many other in the long run, there's so many other people being affected. So how let, do you let me understand what you're saying? Because I want to really want to get your question. So I want to make sure I'm getting it clear. So what you're saying is, it is better to remain dancing the song of the unhealthy person. So everyone's complaining, everyone's crying, but nothing changes. Rather than to make changes, is that what you're saying? I guess that's what is coming across, and that's what's ending up. But no. So in the long run, just kind of let that one person change and whatever oh, let it is. let the unhealthy person change. Let the musician play a different song, right? I, I think that would be the normal thing to do. Of course. Now, how do you do it? Great. Hi, God. Now, please help me out. I get this at least 10 callers a day that we have to turn away such clients. Maybe you can help me out with this. How do you do something that doesn't want to change? Please give me the answer. Any more people I could help? Oh, I think help if me you out, ha- if you have them realize that there really is something wrong with them, and no, they don't know. They're healthy. It's everyone else that's the problem. I mean, it was you know, if everyone else is having an issue with one person, then it's that one person. It's not everyone else generally. Ah, so you're going to tell to that person, you know how their response is going to be, watch, can I be that person? What are you talking about? Do you know how sick my family is? Do you know what they did to me? Mm-hmm. So how do you know that, that what's kind of confusing, and I think here we got it in such an example, is how do you know that you're... Wait, wait, hold on. How do you know you're healthy? Ask. Ask your family members. They'll tell you directly. If, you're, if, if, if the situation is within a family. Very simple. Am I healthy? Harav Nissen, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you say I'm a pretty decent guy to work with, or am I a very hard person to deal with? I'm very decent. <laughs> okay. Now, Harav Nissen, how many times did you have people that you were working with that you told them directly that they have difficulties? Many times. Exactly. So watch. You go over to a normal person, you just ask the question, and normal people will tell you, you're a nice person, but you got some issues. They won't tell you you're crazy. They won't tell you you're that, but yeah. So if I would suggest you to go up to four people in your family and ask, what do you say about me? Am I normal? Am I not? Mm-hmm. Is I'm, it not, that I'm saying like friends don't um, mark that parameter. Wait, why go to friends? Just go straight to your family. Go if you family. feel that within your family you're being, the relationship is unhealthy and not the way it should be. No, no, you see now you're, no, no, I feel now you're trying to take it to you details. We're here to create an awareness. Right, right, so I'm you just asking, I'm saying suppose the situation... What? I, I want to get you. I, I feel like I feel like we're talking about something. I'm not even sure what. Like I'm trying to like trying to prove a point. I don't do good with a vague question. So can you give me a detailed thing? Family members are telling you you have issues. Friends are telling you you have issues, and you're 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 not sure if no. you have it. It's like too general. <laughs> I don't think uh, I have issues, but I, I I feel that I'm in a relationship with some with a family member that. I feel right. how many family members are you having? How, how many family members? Is it one or is it like five? It's one. Oh, one. So you're saying just go over to the other few. Watch, watch. Let's help you get it simple. Do you have issues with five family members, or does that family member have issues with five family members? It's very simple. Right. I guess if that family member has issues with five people, then it's not. Bingo. So now you got your answer. You see how simple that was? Yeah, huh? Yeah, it was that simple. (laughs) And now let's go back to the dance. So now that you're aware... 
And unfortunately, it goes as follows. When we have a pain within ourselves, then we are going to be interacting with people that are pain. Mm-hmm. Okay? And Thank you very much when, people, when we're happy, then our happy, nice, decent people, I shouldn't say decent because even people that are pain could be decent people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. That's Wait, now can we take the second step? Now that you sure. realize that that family member's got issues with five family members, let's say, and you don't, now the question is what are you going to do? Yes, I would try to reach out for help in terms of learning how to deal with it. Uh-huh. Okay, That's right. I guess I'm saying Now, what happens really when you're going to start reaching out for help? What do you think is going to happen when you start changing and you won't feel guilty? You won't feel bad. I think I'm going to get a lot, a lot of negativity for that. Bingo. That's what I was explaining to you with the dance. When but someone if you have someone the... backing you, then you know you're doing the right thing. Then... No, even when you have someone backing you, but you'll have five or ten people now being upset because part of a family system is, oh, I can't handle him or her today. Could you call her up to you and go, no, no, I don't do it. But you have to, and everyone's like, oh, you heard this one. She stopped participating. And giving in to this person, and then everyone starts focusing on you. Well, that family member goes, I'm not going to the simcha until that one calls me up and apologizes. Like, oh, gosh. And everyone's talking about how we can't give in, but the minute anyone really stands up to that person, no one's ready for that. Mm-hmm. Right? So so um, just one quick question. In, in the example sure. that you just said, let's say, I'm not going to that simcha until that member calls up to apologize. Yeah. When, 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 when... When the situation is being addressed and there's proper help, then is it just not going to bother that that's what they said, or is it going to be kind of like going through the steps of, you know? Oh, you just asked a question that sometimes takes two to four years of therapy. This is the hardest issue out there. When someone's got a disorder, they're not able or ready to hear it, and the other family members are involved. And it's not a simple answer because you're changing. If you'll also realize this pattern, you will see also goes further. means it's back a generation. You'll be able, be able to find that that family member, there's an aunt or an uncle that has similar issues and not so bad or not so strong or a grandparent, and the family members are already used to and programmed in to give in. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right, sense. and that's why you're changing generations, and that's why it doesn't just change that that, that it happened. Okay, thank you. Now, can we just recap? What did you hear? Your original question was, how do you know that you're normal? How did that answer the question? How did what? How did we answer your question? How did we address it? And then I want her, Nissan to please share his info, because I'm looking at it from my view. I want to hear his, his view, his you know you're normal if there's just one one person if you if kind of other people do think you're normal and there's just one person having that issue with you then yeah you're normal every person you know right and what was part b of that part saying but and you also look at that person has an issue with you does that person have issues with others or not right so if that person has other issues with others then it most likely is that that person is not exactly, um, that that other person is not exactly, I don't know how to phrase it, but, and then 
you know that by you, you reach out for help, and yeah, there might be a lot of opposition, but you, you're doing the right thing, and just stick to it. That's right. So let's just go back. So step one is the way you know that you're healthy is that you only have issues with one person and not with others, and they have issues with others, not just the one you. Now, what was the second part that we're discussing about the dance when you start changing the song? Everyone's going to start yelling. That's right. So be ready how to find a way to sort of remove yourself gently. So so instead of changing the dance, saying, you guys could continue dancing, I'm just removing myself from the circle. Mm-hmm. True. And then... Yeah. Yep. Ravnissa, so what do you say? I think the minute that somebody asks if he's normal or not, this is show that he's normal. <laughs> because so well uh, said. Thank yeah. you. That is so true. Exactly. Let me ask you, do you think that relative of yours has er, have asked if they're, if they're healthy? He sure no, that they healthy. know they are. Ah, that's <laughs> right. I have listened to just what you're saying. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> Awareness, awareness, awareness. You know, unfortunately, these people that are really crazy, I'm sure that they are right and they are normal. This is, <laughs> we see it every day. Yeah, true. Exactly. So just realize that by you asking this question, by you creating the awareness, and week after week when we get these questions over and over, it creates the awareness for others. And those hearing it and those seeing it, it helps break the pattern. And that's one of our main goals over here. Thank you. You're very welcome. I appreciate the it. The number to call in to ask your question is 718-683-5858. Okay. We, and, yep. we have Miss uh, P right now. Yep, excellent. And so we're we are not going, going to respond about the last uh, text, correct? Go ahead, okay. We're not going to respond about it. Right. Okay, Miss P. Hello? Hi, Miss P. Yes. Hi, how can I um, have a question about how can I get more um, confidence about when I, I find somebody and I uh, say hi and I'm like, you know, concerned? How can I? Like, start talking and be, like, happy and, you know, I shouldn't be pressured to start talking to somebody. And, like, I should be scared what I, what I say. Like, well, how can I get more confidence, like, when I start talking to well, anyone? First, let's go to the positive. What's the positive? What's the positive in that? When I find somebody, like, yeah, I say hi and how are you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's the fear? What are you worried about? It's like I, I it's like I, I'm not like a. Um, I know a lot of people, but I'm. I don't talk a lot, so I like I'm very I'm shy in that stage. So I really like when I'm with my friends, I really don't talk. Um, I claim here like everybody whatever to say, they say yes, no, okay, whatever, and I go on. I, mm-hmm. I'm really good. Now let's take a step back. What are all those thoughts? So you want to speak. You want to say something, right? You want to reply. You want to participate. Now start paying attention to the mental chatter. What's all the thoughts that's going through your head when you want to say something? Because I had um, uh, like a few times that I did a mistake and I 
so guilty. So I thought that, okay, I'm not going to talk anymore, and uh, that's going to be the best option, maybe. Yeah. So how now, can I, I want you to I, say it again. Know? So the, let's make it simple word. So the fear is that maybe there's something better to say, right? Right. Good. So what now recognize, so what the mental chatter, what the mind is saying, it's beating you up, the automatic response is don't say it. Maybe there's something better. And if there's something better to say and you didn't say the better words, then what will you feel? Therefore, I am now come to a conclusion. I am a loser. Friends will make fun of me. I am, I'll be embarrassed. I'll be ashamed. Finish that off. If there's better words to say and you don't say the better comment or the smart comment, then what? I'll be a loser. Yeah. I'll be a loser before. Now, I mean to say the better comment will be like I'll be, I'll be like, wow, she said such a good thing. And, ah, uh, so let's so. try it the other way around. So instead of worried about being called a fool, you need to always wow everyone, right? You need to yeah. be the best. Maybe it's a perfectionist. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. So what happens, now look at the results. What happens if every time you speak you've got to wow a person? Um, if it's going to make a difference? Yeah. It could help. It's good. Yeah, it could help. But how, so how, how can I, like, my mind, how can I be more, um, like, set that, like, or, or not so worried that something is going to happen? Well, notice where, where, you see, you're worried about nothing's going to happen. I'm trying to go to the Shirish. Oh. Which means, recognize, you have a perfectionist thought, a perfectionist belief, right? Right. And what's the perfectionist belief saying? That I should do it. That I should think, like, if, I, if it's going to be good or not. Yeah, it has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, then... I'll be a fool for, my, That's right. for myself. And that's right. And when people are perfectionists, then what happens is we can't participate in life. We can't really enjoy life. There's always a what if or I could have done it better. There's a saying in English, hindsight is 2020, means 2020 is a top vision. So if I could, when we're in the future, now we know what was the right choice. Shkayach. Mm-hmm. Which means you could never get it right. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel knowing that the Rabbi Shalom never wants us to know the future, just we've got to do our best doing it blind? Exactly. So recognize. And, uh, when, yeah, I recognize it. When I have another question is that when somebody's telling me something and I know it, like I maybe know something about it and I say, I know, I know, and, and maybe I don't know if that is true or not. And so I'm just like, why do you say you know? Maybe you're not, maybe you're not. You know, no. That's right. Like now let's go into why do you have to say that you know? Go ahead. You, know, you feel you feel you feel that you know you know you heard about it maybe once and you want to say I know, or you say okay I know yes it's true what you're saying or it comes automatically you know or. <laughs> now let's try it a little differently. How about when you say, I know, because you want to agree with the person so they should like you? Yeah, something like it. And, I, and, I, and the person is, like, throwing back to me, like, 
Like, you know, it's not, it could be it's not even true or you're making a mistake. Right. And then I feel like a fool out of me, like, okay, you, that, you don't know everything. So. That's right. That's right. So let's recognize by having a perfectionist view, by wanting to be perfect and always having to wow people every single time, what happens is, A, you lose being yourself because if you say something that might not wow people, you won't say it. You're concerned. You'll always agree with people because you're afraid if you disagree with them, they might not like you or they might argue with you. Your, your responses become people-pleasing responses versus being a happy, excited, unique, and individual response because you're busy. What will this person like to hear? Like, you've got to give a natural response. Okay. But people want to hear, who are you? What do you think? You got it? Yeah, I, I was thinking about it, but I, I didn't even... Uh-huh. I, 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 I was thinking about this, but I thought maybe there must like a few more points to it, so I, you know, I asked about it. Good. So what mm-hmm. I want you to recognize, step one, that we just discussed is, instead of going to solutions, because solutions sometimes could be therapy, solutions sometimes can be where you need someone guiding you many times in different situations. So this program over here is about awareness, not to give you the answer. Mm-hmm. So what we were able to identify, what we're able to share with so many people is, if someone's a perfectionist, where they want to always wow people all the time, that, that level, then what happens is there's a lot of pressure, and they end up losing being themselves. Exactly. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Good. So now let's go ahead and hear what Rav Nissen says about this. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know it, it's always uh, important to, to voice you, your opinion, unless you don't have an opinion. And uh, it's always you find people that reject uh, your opinion. But uh, again, uh, I said that when what the definition between a dead fish and a, and a live fish? That live fish uh, swim against the current, and dead fish is basically swimming with the current. Nice. And this is this is the that show that you are individual, and you have opinion. And definitely, you can say, "Yeah, I, I accept you. Op- I, I understand what your opinion, but I have a different opinion." You know, this is very important to understand that you have a, what you call a backbone on this. And I think people will appreciate uh, your opinion more than you think. Okay, yes, man, yes, man, yes, man. You know, it, it doesn't sound uh, uh, good at all. And I think for your future, and especially when if you go in the shiduchim and all this. Uh, uh, issue you have to re- to put your point here that not not every every person that you walk with and you go to the and you agreed about it and then suddenly you're facing a very very big issue and you a marriage and your life you know that you don't like and there's oh yes 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 you know because it's not working like this you have to stand up and said you know i don't feel it but it's it doesn't seem to me it doesn't look like you know Especially, and you know, right now in the stage at Yoshiduchim, is it's very important to 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 show your um, characteristic, your, your your opinion about uh, stuff, because this is will lead you all over your life uh, when you build your uh, home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tr- it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yes, beautiful, beautiful. Um. 
okay, I'll I have another question, but I I'll, for now I'll, I'll let Dion, you know. stay on the line. Stay on the line, and we'll Mer Hashem get back to you. Okay, so stay on. Okay, thank you very much. I yeah, really so appreciate your line. So we got other people. I will take some other questions, but then sure, well, let's go ahead. If we disconnect you, so just call again, okay? Because sometimes you have problem with the phone, okay? So we'll go uh, okay. to Mrs. Uh, okay, thank we'll, you very much. Thank you, Mrs. L. Mrs. Ms. L, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello, Mrs. L. Hello. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I called, I think, two or three weeks ago about children having to deal with with a stepfather and a real father. And we didn't have right, enough right. time. Right, um, right. Actually, let me ask you, could you speak up a little so it can be a little louder to our listeners, please? Yeah, I called three weeks ago about a child having to deal with a stepfather and a father. Yeah, we I remember it was a, it was a three year old kid, correct? A young kid. Two, a two year old and a two year old, yes. Yeah, I wanted to know if, but since then, the real father hasn't been to see them. I wondered if I should be encouraging him and telling him to come, or just as long as he's quiet, let him be quiet. All right, so let's share with everyone what well, your question was last, was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Let's share what your question is now. And again, since we don't answer questions here, we don't answer yeses and no questions because each of those takes a highest responsibility and follow-ups. We do help us to create an awareness that we do. So your question was, if the kid has, let's say you got remarried, and the kid has his biological father, his father where he goes to, and then he also has now the mother's new father, the mother's new husband, and they're both called Tati, you're worried the kids will be confused. And what we discussed, I remember together with Rav Nissen, that it's very clear, this is Tati whatever, like this is Tati Weimaranger, and this is Tati that. Or when we're in this house, we talk about Tati, and then sometimes you say, my other Tati. It's very simple. They both can be called the same name for the three-year, for the two-year-old, and it doesn't confuse kids. Just like we can have two Bobbies and two Zaydis, and you know which one, you know, Mommy's Bobby or this one, there's always a, a certain differentiation that we can do. And this way the kid has how to identify it. In each family where there is a divorce or where there are situations like that, they work out their way of what they call. That was right. Was that the information yes. we gave you then? My, my two-year-old actually calling it one tati, two tati. He just started talking. So that's okay. That's differentiated it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm just wondering if I should be encouraging their biological father to visit them or not. Now, let's go into the awareness. Notice what's happening over here. The biological father isn't visiting, and you're encouraging him to visit no, because I'm if you want what's be best for your son. I'm sorry, I'm not hearing you. I'm wondering if I need to be encouraging. Like, is it good for children... Let's try to figure this out. Let's play out the scenario. Instead of me telling you, how about you figure it out? You're going to call up your ex, and what are you going to say? Hello, Chaim. Why don't you show up and visit and take care of your son once in a while? All right, well, how's it going to go? How's it going to play itself out? So the last time I asked him about details, um, he answered that he, he knows that he has responsibility, that since he can't afford give any money, any financial support, he's, he's taking a step back. That means he feels that it's not really his place to say anything or do anything. And I asked him about visitation, like, 
I told him I'd let you visit them even though you're not paying, I'll still let you visit them. So he said that he, he's working, he's working towards making money so he can't come and visit them. Yeah. Yeah, so now let's understand what's his issue, what's your issue? His issue is he doesn't feel like a man or like a father if he can't support. You're saying, I want the emotion for my son. Correct? Yes. Now, but what would happen if you're pushing him to go? You've been married to this person. From experience, when you push him, does it work or does it not work? Usually not. Okay. So now, what would be the benefit of you pushing him? Um, the, I don't think there's really a benefit. If I message, let's say he's meant to come every Sunday. So if I'm going to message on Thursday, like, are you coming? Then he's going to think about it, and he's going to say, um, let me see if I can get a car, and then he'll, he'll decide. If I don't message him, then he'll just not show up. Yeah. So, so can I ask you another so question? The question is, if if I don't know, I'm asking the question, is it healthy for a child to, yes, see their biological father? Let's take a step back. What's the difference? What's, yes, healthy for a kid is not the question here. The question is, what's in your power? You notice the difference? It's It's... Is it, is it in your power to get the kid's father? To keep bugging him to come. Okay, let's go play it out. So you're going to bug him to come. How do you think he's going to be act when he picks up your son? You bugged when him to come. You called him to two he... weeks show up. He finally shows up. Is he going to be all warm and nice and sweet? Yeah, when he shows up, he is usually sweet. Okay, so let's go ahead and play it out. How are you going to be if you're busy pushing the father to show up? I want you to answer your questions. In therapy, we don't answer questions for you. What do you think is the best step? How are you going to feel every time you're nudging the, his father to show up? I feel bad about it. Why do you feel bad about it? Because I don't need him. Uh, for me, it's because, you know, my, my current husband takes him out. Is really warm to them, you know. For me, it's better. For me, it's better that he doesn't come. Uh huh. And then, although my seven-year-old doesn't say anything, I wonder if it bothers her or not. So let me ask you something. It sounds to me like you're still very much. Have you ever heard the word codependent by me? Like you're busy living. You're worried if your kids are bothered. You're wondering what's the best and how you have to make it manage. You've divorced your ex-husband specifically for that reason because there are a lot of things that weren't working out, and yet you're still there. You're still trying to push. Do you notice that you're still in the energy? Where you, yeah. like, there's a level where we need to move on, like, whatever happens, happens. The kid, like, that's, there's a reason why the marriage ended. Do you hear that? I haven't moved on yet. I'm not saying you haven't moved on. What I'm saying is you're still busy with what things should happen. Uh, You're trying to control a situation. Were you able to help? You can't really control it. Oh, so then why are you doing that? 
Sometimes when I message, he does come. Harv Nissen, could you get involved over here, uh, please? I think you, t I think you, uh, you touched the point. You know that's why I want to ask that. I think that it seems like first of all, uh, the answer of the 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 ex is a, a little bit excuses, and I think that uh, you, the caller, is still in the status of trying to change situation that uh, you don't think that it's right. I think that you, your your attention is very good for the children, but also you have to give away the give up certain issue and it didn't work for you in the beginning so let it go and build your children confidence that somebody loved them he cannot do it you know you know build it slowly slowly you see still they're young they're two and three years old and they they, they will overcome this with the right direction but if you starting and said you know he's not coming he's coming you, you more you, you create more confusion for them and for yourself just put it away and let the time heal it. And working with your new husband and build a new life and build a, a, something uniqueness and love and a new, new nest, new home. Create a, a, a really a something supportive to the kids. And one day, one day, he will get up, uh, the ex, and the, in my opinion, the excuses of money, excuses for car, he doesn't have the vehicle, doesn't... It doesn't sound so right. Right now, it seems that he's not mature enough to be a father, and especially with the, with, with the divorce uh, family. So let me repeat what Rav Nissen said. Yeah, and You're worried about I'm your worried kid's about emotional health. Your kid, if you focus again. on your growth, on your health, and not on your ex, what he's doing and what he should be doing, and how him getting healthy or him doing things is going to help your kids, it means you're still stuck in your energy. Like in your ex is what he's doing. And you want to focus on yourself. You're married now to a wonderful husband. You and your husband will give the love and will give the caring. That is what Harf Nissen said. Does that make sense yes. to you? That's what I thought. I was just wondering. Right, but the way you asked two, three times the question about your ex, the focus is about your ex. So let's now put your ex aside. Now the questions would be, is, what can I do to create harmony at home or just to give my kids love? That's normal. That's okay. And for those that would like to call in just to ask a question or comment, it's 718-683-5858, One more time, it's 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. Okay, thank you. Sure. You're welcome, and thank you for staying up at this late hour. No, I live so again, in New York. Oh, you're in New York? I live in New York. Oh, you you sound oh it sounded I so sound tired English. from your voice. I'm from England. I live in New York. Ah, that's okay. Good. Thank you for that. It's just that uh yeah, it just sounded so tired. I assumed it was from England calling in very late. But thank you for calling in. The number to call up again is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Everson, should we take this text question? Yeah, why not, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your line and the, all it encompasses. I know you like specifics. I learned that issues that we think are not major at all, in actuality, are quite major in how they affect functioning. 
It might sound like an insignificant awareness, but it's very important. Can you discuss on your show tonight the following topic? I hear a lot about stress affects chronic conditions, but I want to hear about how to deal with stress and, the, and diminish the self-confidence that come as a result of chronic condition, which in my case comes with a lot of physical pain. So let's understand a little what this question is coming from. And again, we're just sharing with everyone the number to call and ask a question. We'd much rather take the, uh, we want to take verbal questions rather than the text questions. So the number is again 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. So what the question is coming in is if someone has a chronic illness, let's assume that there is an illness that doesn't get better, but it's usually not life-threatening. Let's take that assumption. It's not a life-threatening illness, but something that they have. And there is no chronic means that they're right now, they don't have yet a solution for that. How it can affect stress. So we already know that stress, when our body is tense, it weakens us. We're nervous. It's like and it takes brain power to be nervous, and the brain tries to calm itself down. It takes away from the strength that the body needs to be healthy or to be calmer or to fight whatever illness it is, and therefore we know stress can affect the body. But now this person is asking another question. This question is something different. If someone has stress, sorry, if someone has a chronic illness, if someone has an illness, then why, how does that affect stress? And it's very simple. Imagine when we wake up, a person that is healthy, physically healthy, you get a full night's sleep, now you're energized, and you're awake. Now, you can go through your day. Imagine someone would have a situation where they wake up and they feel just as tired or maybe a little bit more energized than when they went to sleep, but they're tired. How will it, how will it affect their day? How will they speak to people? How will they deal with, with tension or with stress? And the answer is that when our physical body is weak, it affects the way we think. And every one of us knows there's energy, there's vibrancy, there's life. And the same is when someone's got a chronic illness, some people it affects more, some people it affects less. Some people can even walk around just with the feeling that they're not that good, and that in itself could affect. But let's just go to the classical levels. Chronic illness, depending on which diagnosis, depending on what level it is in there, means some people medication is able to balance it and it's not affecting them, but some people it's not. Their medication isn't balancing it, and therefore they are really affected by that. And that is something that's extremely important to recognize that if someone has a chronic illness, that there's a medical component to take into account, and now you've got to live your life accordingly. It means you have to give yourself maybe 9 to 12 hours of sleep at night. You'll need to take a certain business where, or a job where you're able to, which isn't too strong, it doesn't take too much physical work, whatever it should be. But we've got to recognize ourselves and recognize our strengths, recognize our weaknesses, but don't get stuck in our limitation. Don't be stuck in that belief that that's where you are. Oh, because I have this chronic illness, now I can't have a healthy or successful life. Absolutely not. There are people that, are, that can be visually impaired. They're blind. People that could be that they lost their hearing. People that might have situations with, their, with, with different body parts that unfortunately had to be removed, amputated for different reasons. But we're not our limitation. We are our strength. Yes, you might have a chronic illness. You might have a difficulty or some impairment. But everyone's got something. 
Are you going to choose to stay limited by it, or are you going to choose to pick yourself up? But you still have to acknowledge that there is a limitation. Now, how will I overcome, and what will we you know, and how will we overcome? Harv Nissen, what would you want to say about that message? And then we're going to go to the question. It's really, uh, that's the strong, the strong message. You know, if, if I can, you can. It's not question, you know, just take yourself, look around, go to hospitals, see how people overcome, you know, go to, to the places that uh, people with, as you say, without legs, without eyes, without blind, you know, uh, take a, take a, a look in and YouTube uh, the the video of the guy that has, doesn't have any any arm and no uh, and no legs you, you know doesn't and he's yeah. from all the all of, all over the world to show that he can do it is not such and such a thing that you cannot it's and put excuses to yourself that you have this chronic uh, disease or something this the chronic illness it's you no know, such a thing you know you we have a kadosh baruch who he gave you this task and you just overcome it and you know. What we, we know as a Jewish people that what man David Patronat Latava David, what Hakadosh Baruch Hu is doing is only for good, and look it as as a good stuff and take the the, the good from the bad and lift yourself higher and higher and you can do it. There's no question about it. Yes, beautiful. Thank you for that. So we are going to go to Mrs. L. Mrs. L. Here with Mordechai and her of Nisim. Yes, hi. I just wanted to share um, an awareness that you like. You, you just mentioned something in passing before that ma- got me thinking. Um, you said that people that are in pain attract the people that are in pain. Yes. So I was like, I, I, I usually like I like to be involved when people need like chizuk or help with meals or whatever in any which way. Um, and I like I'm not sure. It could be it's because like when I needed it and I got it, you know. I found it so helpful that I feel like sharing it with people that need it. But on the other hand, like, I just, maybe it's from, like, a pain that I never dealt with. So when I'm around people that are in pain, I'm given the permission to experience pain in a way that I just feel comfortable. So I just wanted to share that. Okay, well, can we clarify the sentence? Because the way you said it, I I think I'd like to clarify my words, especially if people, like, might be quoting me on it. So when they mm-hmm. have the quote that people in pain hang around people in pain, the concept is that their life is around people in pain. Does that mean that if a doctor is around people that are in pain, means they are a pain person? No, they are a healer. They are around healthy people. They're around people that want to heal. Many times you're around doctors. I know me as a therapist. Whoever comes to our center, whoever comes to me, has to say what they're coming for in the initial evaluation, what they want to grow. I don't deal with people in pain. I deal with people that want to grow. Now, let's take that to you. Are you hanging around people that are always kvetchy, complaining, and negative? Or are you hanging around people and are you helping people that want to grow and want to be alive? No, totally not kvetching, like not, not that at all. Just as in giving chizuk, you know, that, like, in that sense, or like helping them cope. Or so let me technical. ask you, how many friends do you have out of the giving chizuk realm right not, not not like a whole ton it's just that when it comes to organizations i just like to wonderful let's let's recognize so let's clarify the saying when we said people that are in pain hang around people that are in pain let's take the first caller that we had about she is a healthy person where people around her are in pain because all those people around are in pain so that is what happens 
So understand, if someone's in pain, they're going to have complaints and fighting with everyone. If someone is a happy, positive person, yes, you'll have someone once in a while, but the healthy, positive people will have healthy, positive friends. We're allowed to give chizik farkeret. That's a midah of quality. Right. I'm just wondering what pulled me towards it. So I'm thinking Let maybe you initiated. What do you think pulled you? So now is a separate question. What what pulls you to help people when they're uh, that to give chizik? Notice, are you going to hospitals to make food? Are you going to? Are you helping different areas? Or is your notice your specific area? You are giving chizik to people that are what is a fill the blank? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Excellent. Now that we're around, now that you're aware of that, now ask yourself, why do you prefer, from all the types of chesed that's out there, why do you prefer to give chizik to people that are vulnerable? Because I feel it's filling a very big need. Um, and also because I feel privileged if someone shares like a painful experience with me. Like I just feel they wouldn't share it with everyone. So let's go ahead. Could you clarify that and just use different words? Um, I feel, I, I, it gives me a, a feeling of satisfaction to provide them the security and stability. Excellent. So now let's understand that the Rabbi Shalom has given every single person a koyach and a sipik with what helps them. So your koyach, your sipik is helping someone at a certain vulnerable position and to grow. Now, if you want to take it further, we might be able to recognize it's because you find yourself at times in a vulnerable situation. There can be many reasons why. It could also be because that is your kayak. The Rabbi Islam gave it to you. Okay. But recognize that's your kayak, that's what you enjoy, and you can allow yourself to do it for 10 years, for 20 years, and you can also allow yourself to say, you know, after this 20 years, now I feel I might want to do something else. Right, it's not like I would stop it or whatever. It's just that I was thinking maybe the feeling of not being allowed to experience pain at different situations brought me into this. Like I'm not, I just a thought that crossed my mind when you said Again, that comment. Those words sounded too fancy therapy for me that I didn't get it. Because a different situation that caused you pain, you're not allowed to feel the pain. Maybe at different points in my life when I had different experiences that I didn't experience the pain because I just denied it or numbed it. I feel like going in this direction because here it's comfortable. I'll tell you what. Usually what I tell people is this is, I think I know what you're talking about, but it's too bitter It's too general. I need specifics. Like maybe because I once felt left alone and there was someone that helped me, so therefore I want to help others. You see, that's a grounded thing that I can understand. When we talk too theoretical, it, for me, I, I, I need to ground it. Mm-hmm. So can you just say that with a grounded example? I'd rather just leave it at that. Okay, very good. Yes. Fine, thank Excellent. you. So did you walk out with an awareness? Yes, on the first comment that you mentioned. Excellent, very good. All right, we're going to go to Ms. K. Ms. K, you're on the air with Mordechai on Radio Kolbarama. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, wonderful. Okay, great. I want to comment on the phone uh, conversation that you had uh, just two callers back about the woman with the husband and the the, the ex-husband and the new father yeah. and the visitation. Go right ahead. I am a child from a divorced home, 
Um, yep. My parents divorced when I was seven years old, and I can tell you that while it is 100% not this woman's responsibility to make sure that her ex-husband is bonding with his children, since it is on your program that is heard by so many people, I just want to put it out there because, as you always say, you're creating awareness. For the fathers that are out there that think the ex-husbands, you know, with the kids living with the mother, that think the money and the car are important, they're making a very big mistake. Children don't care if you pick them up with your Thank TV. Thank you. Or if you Continue. Pick them up say with it the louder. Car. Please say it again. Say it one more Which time. Which part? <laughs> the last part. Let's be clear. Mothers and fathers out there, stop thinking about tangible stuff Stop thinking about where you're going to take the kids when you have supervision. Stop thinking about the grandiose stories you have to share about yourself or what you're taking them. That's not what kids want. That's not not what kids care about. Go ahead and tell them now, what do kids want? What's important to a child? All the children want is love and attention. They want your time. They want your love. That's all. They want to tell you they got a great grade on a test. They want to go to a park where everything is free. So all this money and car junk is absolutely, it's bogus, it's an excuse, and you will not be able to, you know, wait 10 years when you finally have some money in the bank and you do have, you know, wheels of your own and then tell your kids, well, I'm sorry, I was trying to make a living. They're not going to be wasted. They want you right now. And they want you to even do the free stuff with them and go with your own two feet. None of that makes a difference. So I'm just putting it out there because the woman called, and, yes, it's not her responsibility, so you answered that question. But, again, your radio show was heard by so many people. I just wanted to put this awareness out there. Children are not interested in the car, and they're not interested in the money. They want love. They want time. That's what they're going to remember when, as they grow up, that is what is going to resonate with them, not whether or not you bought them something expensive or whether you pick them up in a car or if you're healthy, two feet. I just, again, really wanted to put it out there, just a little extension of the phone call that you had with the woman. Thank you. And let, let's, let's take it a step further because since we're sure. creating the awareness, what happens to children when there's a divorce? And now, I don't know if that happened to you, but like, what I was trying to prevent, but I didn't want to say that openly to her, is what happens when you have a mother and father fighting, or, or, or let's say a, or let's say an ex-husband and a wife fighting about how the other one is not spending enough time? What happens is they end up bringing in their emotional stuff, their right. neglect that they felt in the marriage, and now the divorce, and now they start shifting and continuing it in the kid's reason. You know, in the name of the kid, they're now fighting. Yeah, that's not healthy either. I mean, that's, that's, right. that's not necessary. That's right, that's and that's what I was trying to, to avoid with this lady, that yeah. she should not be getting into that. I just didn't want to say it openly or that clear. Right, 100%. No, not at but all. But on the not other hand, all, your awareness is what kids are looking for. Kids don't care the gifts. Kids care exactly. about that hug that's and that I, kiss. Right, that's what my main message is. I just want the parents out there, whoever has the custody and the other one's not visiting, if you're making excuses, it's really going to come back and it's going to bite you. I don't know a nicer way to say it. Your children are going to remember that you weren't there for them and that you didn't spend time, uh, you know, talking to them or, 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 you know, showing some interest in their school day or their friend or their art project. They don't care about the money. They don't care about the car. So if that father is out there listening, he should just know that that doesn't wash. 
<laughs> so, so that's sorry right. And let's take it in. a step further. What would happen to the kids, or not what would happen, what happens to the kids 10, 15 years down the line when the father wants to now show up as if they're now part of their lives? And many times, not just fathers, sometimes it's mothers, but... But let's say, and now they want to start giving advice. It's as if they're there, and they start telling you stuff. What happens? Do sure, the they wake up one morning, they're like, oh, yeah, now I'm ready to be a parent. I'm so sorry to tell them that's not the way it works. Your child is not going to be interested in hearing anything you have to say. And 90% of the time, if not more, the kid's not going to even say how they feel. But really what they're feeling is, where were you when I wanted to talk about the painting that I made in pre-1A or first grade or second grade, and I was so proud of it, or I graduated, where were you to, uh, buy, you know, I don't know, spend some time, get me the celebratory uh, $3 ice cream. They don't need grandose gestures. They need love. They need attention. And when you come back 15 years later, they have no interest in you anymore. Yes, so we, 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 I just jump into it, you know, that, uh, sure. we, that we said that in the beginning, this really excuses, and he, the, father, yep. the father doesn't sound like I'm mature enough. And really, in, along the, the line, as you said, after 20, 15 years, and we have a lot of stories that suddenly the boy realized or the girl realized that his parents was either the father or the mother that left him alone and not deserve to be as a father, you know. And this is what That's the painful, right. this is what become a very painful. And uh, I was witness in, in a, quite a few uh, cases that uh, suddenly basically get a kick in the behind and yep. this is what the, the I don't know the reward or but it's still painful right. to the boy or the girl even after 20 30 years that somehow yeah. this missing can we say that the same is also for parents when they're living together and the father is so busy making money and saying oh because I want to take you to trips to exotic places instead of just spending time with the here and now no they want the here and now the kids I'm telling you uh, you know, the, the parents are making a big mistake. You have to take time for your kids. I mean, my parents divorced 40 years ago, but even more so today, you must pay attention to your children. You must, you know, I don't know if this man has, like, so low self-esteem about himself, so he thinks all his kids want are, are toys and, and to drive in a car. Like, I don't know how all this translates. You know, you don't know enough of the behind the scenes, but I'm just saying it one more time for the fun of it. Time, attention, love. You know, they don't That's need it. the car. They don't need the money. They need you. They need you to be present in their life. That is what resonates with children. Give them love. Give them attention. Talk to them. It's a little bit every day to show that they're there. I, I get that everybody's busy making parnasa. I get it. Life is expensive, even without the trips and the extras. With that being said, you still need to take a couple of minutes out of your day at the supper table, whatever it is. It could be a 10-minute walk. If it's a son, you could walk with him to shul. I don't care. But that's what, that's what kids need. Yes, 100%. Yep. All Thank I can you. say is you've said so it much. all. There's nothing more. That's the beauty. I uh -huh. love it when we get calls like this, Yeah. when we have others. Yes. I'm speaking. glad I got through. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Have a healthy summer. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Okay, so I know we're over time, as usual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really apologize, apologize to, to the other uh, listener that's online.
next week, please give us a call again. Mordechai, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you very much. Hatlacha. Amen.